Tyreek Hill has been traded from Kansas City to Miami. When Tyreek Hill left the roster, I put Kansas City third in the AFC West. They have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, and four sevens in this draft. That's a lot of picks. Brett's building this thing back uh, to where we feel comfortable so that we can go win on Sundays. Hello and welcome to another Arrow Heads Abroad podcast. Um, we're doing it a bit differently tonight. We're on Zoom because we had more technical issues with cast. So apologies for any audio quality issues that we have. Uh, I'm really not sure how this is going to translate. But tonight you got myself, Neil, and I'm joined by Tamo. Tamo, how are you, my man? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I'm grand, thanks. I can hear you. That's good. And Duncan, <laughs> Duncan, how are you? All right, thanks. You? I'm grand, thanks. I'm grand. Hopefully... Uh, Margot's gone to sleep by now because about ten minutes ago she was still awake and it's. Oh yeah, she was. She was. She nearly. She nearly made it a forehander. Uh, yeah, she. She nearly gave us that extra cut yeah. of insight into Chiefs news that y'all know and love from us. No, she. Uh, she's quite into the NFL actually. She'll. She'll. She was having a restless right. period. Well, she was having a restless period, kind of through the autumn, where she was. If, if I was up in the middle of the night watching a primetime game, so was she. And she kind of she kind of got it. Who are our guys? The red guys. I like the red guys. Mm. Then she kind of she kind of got the uh, got the notion of catching. Uh, you know that's a good thing. That sort of stuff. So yeah, quite into it. Could she teach it to some of our receivers? Maybe. Well, <laughs> as long as we, she's um, she's very into purple at the moment. So as long as we don't play the Vikings anytime soon, then or the uh, Ravens. The Ravens. Mm. Yeah, I should, I should be able to keep her on side. Okay. I don't think either of those are on our schedule this year, are they? That's probably a good thing. Well, the Ravens definitely a good thing, but anyway, that's yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it's been a quiet couple of weeks. I mean, we didn't do a podcast last week because we kind of felt there wasn't really any new news, and we're doing them this week. But there's there's not a wild lot of uh, of other new news. We did sign a, a defensive tackle who I had to look up, but Tomo knew or Tomo knew his name, uh, so. Tom, I'll give us a lowdown on Taylor Stolworth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, cracking player. <laughs> That's all I got for you. <laughs> I, I, I can honestly say when we signed him, I, I was like, he's an 11-year veteran. Really? I've never heard of him. Yeah, I think I, I, think I described him to you as a jag. Yes. Like a, just another guy. Yeah. That's what he strikes me as. Um, okay. I don't know literally anything about him. No, I don't, but I'll just ask Margot because she's just joined me on my knee. Uh, Margot, what, do you, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of Taylor Stallworth? I don't know. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. That's fair. She, she joins the club then. Yeah, she, speaks the, situation, she speaks for Chiefs Kingdom uh, yes. as well. To me, he's, I, I'm expecting him to be a guy who is probably below average height, wears skin tight jeans and double denim and has blonde hair down to the back of his neck and plays plays lead guitar in an 80 schlock rock band. That's just <laughs> that's just what the, the name Taylor Stallworth uh, reminds me of. I can buy if, if that's all he does, I could buy him so that he's worth a space on the roster. He's worth a go. I um the one thing I do in situations like this is I go to Reddit and I go to the Colts forum and someone will have posted that Taylor Stallworth was signed for the Chiefs but one point something million blah 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 Top comment upvoted because the top in on Reddit, if you don't know, most com- most liked comment essentially goes to the yep. top. Top comment, damn, why did the Colts not sign him for that? Okay. I think that's as good as it gets. 
that, that's a glowing like, in my books. Yep, we'll take that. Um, he is what he is, I guess. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, Can he play edge? Uh, well, Chris Jones <laughs> kind of did it. Oh, oh God. Kind of. Chris Jones. Well, I'm uh, anything that stops Chris Jones playing edge, um, I think... No, I thought you were suggesting Chris... that he plays edge. No, 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 God, no. Like, no like, anything last... that stops him from doing it is a plus <laughs> in my book. Last yeah. year, we gave we gave a guy in Jaron Reed reasonable money so that he could play the inside and Chris Jones could specifically play on the outside. Yeah. And by whatever it was, week six, we'd abandoned that, right? So you kind of got a little bit of a, mm. a white elephant in the middle there in Jaron Reed, who I guess was all right without being great. He got so, like eight, eight million or something. Like yeah, exactly. So if, we're just, so if we're just looking for a guy to kind of fill a hole when you brought Dirt Naddy back, who, again... Does everything that he's meant to do, um, whether it's by bring a cheap guy in, let Chris Jones do Chris Jones things on the inside. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I, I was very happy with the Nardi one coming back actually, because like, yes, yeah, I mean, Duncan, you've often talked on here about kind of not flashy, sensible moves, and to me, that was a very not flashy, sensible move. You know, he, he's a solid player; he's good against a run. Like first couple of downs, you can stick him in there and he'll do a good job for you. And th- you know, that that's kind of his floor and his ceiling. He is what he is, but they're the kind of players we're going to need. Yeah, I think you're like the defensive interiors is, is a weird one. Like, we're kind of we're, we're totally spoiled with Chris Jones, who is well above average at that position. And then you've kind of got this freak Aaron Donald as an outlier in every metric ever done. Like, there's a case to say that Aaron Donald's the best player that's ever played this game yeah. when you adjust for position, right? You know, he's so far ahead of anyone else that does what tries to do what he does. There's a case to be made that like, almost what's the point in chasing that? Why invest money in that position? You know, when really it's so hard to rack up sort of stats and pressures and sacks you know, through the middle. So, yeah, play Chris Jones there. Stick a stick a steady idea next to him, and and spend the money elsewhere for me. So, kind of with one eye on the draft in a couple of weeks' time. Then, is that an area you're bothered about drafting? Um, I I wouldn't um I wouldn't be against it, but I wouldn't chase it either. It's definitely not a position that I, I know we've done a little bit of stuff in, in the group looking at sort of various scenarios, trading up for guys there. Um, I mean, that's definitely not something I would want to do um, in that regard. But if, you know, say we, I don't know if he's got a team yet, but say we get Stefan Gilmore, say we get, say Melvin Ingram doesn't sign for the Dolphins and we get him back, you know, in, in in a vague sense, that lets us kind of go BPA in the draft. Yeah. So if we are at whatever we're at ninety odds or, or whatever we are, um, and the best player on the board's an interior defensive guy, yeah, fine, take him. I'm okay with that. I wouldn't I wouldn't go chasing the position though. Yeah. Zoom's mm. just telling me that we've got ten minutes left. This is most awkward. <laughs> we'll we'll come up with a part two for this. Um, yeah. I suppose we we have kind of chatted that we'll be doing our live mock draft next week, uh, probably Wednesday-ish. Um, does anyone have a draft crush this year? 
Tomo, you're you're a good man for your draft crush with your <laughs> queen from the other year. Oh, I'm not anyone uh, you must have. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm relevant until like the fourth round for running backs. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Not even sure we've got a pick in the fourth round anymore. Um, uh, I, I do I do have a few. For me, just going back to the defensive tackle thing, I'd be livid if we selected a defensive tackle the way the roster is at the moment. Um, so in terms of my draft crushes, it's any of the top kind of five wide receivers. I don't, it's weird because we don't know what the offense's plan is, what it's going to look like. If, if you want to replace Tyree Kill, like Duncan said a million times, you're not going to do it. But if you want to get a fast, speedy guy, then it's this guy. If you want to get a tall guy, it's this guy. Like It's a bit all over the shop. But the guy that I really like is Chris Olave. I don't know. I, I, I just I think he looks wicked. I think he'd do amazing with Mahomes. But then I think all of the wide receivers would, which is why I'm not so bothered who it is as long as they kind of get the one that they want, so to speak. Um, I'd love Jameson Williams. don't think it's necessarily realistic. Um, so if I had to pick one that I think is like a realistic one for me, it'd be Chris Olave. Okay, Duncan, have you got any draft crushes you want to yeah. run the ring? I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're sticking with the wideouts, um, my my guy's probably either either Williams or Pickens, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think they probably... But Williams, is, he's obviously coming off injuries, but he's almost like the most, um, most pro-ready almost. Drop him in. He can do a lot of the things that you're going to... <clears throat> that you're going to expect, uh, you're going to need a, a you know a, a, a starter to do. Uh, and Pickens just looks like I, I put him in my in our in our all T team. Our um, salute to Therese and his um, all juice draft team because just I just like the cut of his jib. He's just got a little bit of swagger. Uh, just I just I really I really like it. The video of him. His blocking. Yeah, but the video there's a bit there's. A, there's a video of him against Michigan, and I don't know what's led up to this. I assume there's been a little bit of um, a little bit of chatter, but he he puts his finger up as they as they line up. He puts his finger up to shush the Michigan line, like the sideline, mm-hmm. and then he just looks at his defensive back and he just floors him, takes a step and floors him, and then he stands over him and shushes him again. That and that's the yard penalty in the NFL now. Ah, fine. <laughs> okay. fifteen yards. Good, take it. I, I, just, I, I like that. I like that a lot. That's really backing yourself. So I like him. And my um, my long time draft crush uh, is, is it remains David Ajabo for nationalistic um, yes. uh, reasons. He um, he's sort of he's, he's Nigerian uh, by birth. Spent ten years in Scotland, I believe, at school. Um, there's a there's a tiny bit of a Scottish twang when he speaks. If you listen really hard. <laughs> but I really like him. You know, obviously he had, he had the bad injury, which um, it kind of pushes him into our range, though, doesn't well, it? Well, yeah. I mean, in no way is that a good thing for, for the lad because he's, you know, that's a horrible thing to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like he could genuinely, with our two first rounders, if that's the way we go, he could he could be a genuine. Um, he's 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 kind of depends if we could take a risk on him. Yeah, I would say, as long as we sort, you know, I wouldn't say that he can he can't be our only edge, and maybe he can't even be our first edge. But we can kind of take a flyer on him, sit him for a year and let him get healthy. It's possible he could be back by kind of like late November, early December, and you know, you get the last four or five weeks of the season. Yeah. Like- I mean I mean I mean all being well, we're um 
you know, playoffs secured and all that sort of stuff. You don't even have to play him this year, you know, if you if you want to. Yeah. My um my other guy, uh, while I've got the floor, is uh, a different other position would be Jalen Petrie. Uh-huh. The sort of safety come linebacker, come defensive back. Um defensive weapon, I think, is a Yeah, exactly. Um just again from from what I hear, read, see, he just looks to have he just looks to be a really sort of smart player. Kinda I heard him described as like don't even don't pigeonhole him, just just play him. And I like the sound of that. Whether that's a Spags type or a Spags approach, uh, perhaps not, but I, I like the sound of him as well. Yeah, that's good. Um I'll, your... I'll chuck my my draft crush in it is is another edge but not your guy. It's Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. And I I picked him as our first round pick back in January. Now he's he's probably more likely a second rounder and maybe even the back end of the second, but he he's a big solid unit and he's 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 an all round decent player. He may not have the highest kind of ceiling of anyone, but I just he, he just impresses me. I'd I'd love Jermaine Johnson, but I I don't see any position where we're picking where he's likely to go. He's probably top ten. No no later than fifteen anyway. Um but the two of those are the two kind of edge rushers that I first came across and I thought, yep, yeah, either one of those two will do. Um so if Jermaine Johnson isn't available, which I I doubt he is and I I'm not necessarily in favour of trading up that far to get him, then uh, give me Cameron Thomas and I'll be a happy lad. Um, but uh, as you said, I, I don't think he would be the only edge we would draft. I think we need to draft a couple. And uh, as long as he's one of them, I'd be happy. Yeah, I it might be a bit hot takey. I don't really like the edges at all. No. Like a Jarbo for me, Yes, I, I, I'd like a Jarbo. Obviously, he's got the injury, which which sucks. It doesn't help us necessarily this year. I like a Jarbo. I think you've got to take two. But in terms of like the front end, none of them really bother me. Like I, you hear a lot about the Chiefs trading up for an edge. I don't like. I don't like. Well, the top two are going to be gone, aren't they? Hutchison's going to be gone. Thibodeau's going to be gone. Then you've got Walker's you probably... going to be gone. Walker's going to be gone. Then you the, the three of those going Calaf, this or whatever his name is, Calaf, Calaf. Yes. Um, not really bothered about trading up for either of them, and I I like a Jarbo. It just I don't like Mafe either. Um, a Jarbo's good, and then like you say, Neil, you'd have to probably draft two. So I'd be okay with a Jarbo, and then going back and getting another guy, whoever that may be, but. The problem I've got in this draft is I'm inevitably going to be disappointed because for me, unless you take a wide receiver and an edge with whatever combination of these first two picks, it's a disaster for us. And that might seem like a major overreaction, but just looking at the way it is, I think you've got to get two kind of really high positional value positions, whoever they might be. I'm not really bothered who they are, but I think they've got it. I think, I think at the moment it's a really weird draft for the Chiefs because they are, it seems like we're pigeonholed into getting those two positions, which isn't a great position to be in. So, well, what I, what I, my view on the, on the trading is I'm, I'm probably anti trading, especially trading up. I think in the first, oh, and, I, and, I, and I think that try, and I think for us to trade back out the first is going to be really difficult. 
just the way that um, the way the people going to want to trade up for? That's and then there's so many varied approaches. I mean, I've seen some mock drafts where there's four quarterbacks taken in the first round, and others where there's none. So you know, the the, the real number is probably the, the one in the middle, right? So. Um, yeah, we're going to need someone to fall in love with the quarterback and come up to get him because we've got the Lions sitting behind us at thirty-two as well. So, yeah. you know, they, you know, potentially they could they could go and get one. But I kind of I think that for us to 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 trade up, like you said, there's this kind of pocket of top five or six, whatever sort of receivers. And I think that I mean, my view on kind of where you rank them is it's going to vary from team to team because every team's going to want something different. So it's not necessarily that Alavi's better than sort of Williams or he's better than Pickens, you know that, or, you know that sort of thing. It's more what does each individual team want from their, yeah, from their receiver, and that's going to change where they draft. So inevitably, we're going to think that someone got a bargain and, or someone else was overdrafted. That's just that's just kind of naturally the way it works. But I think the only way that I that I would sort of be happy with trading up is if we know specifically who we want, and, and that's at both edge and receiver I don't I don't see the point in us trading up to whatever it is 15 or 20 and then just see then just taking the next best guy because if you're going to do that just just sit and, and do that at 29 or 30 or or 40 or 50 or 60 whatever our next pick okay uh, we just finished our quick zoom call there and now we're back with another zoom call so we've got no more than 40 minutes left on this one um so we were talking trading up so Duncan Unless there's anyone they're really, really desperate to get, not in favour of trading up. No, not not in the not in the first round. I think that um, the two the two first round picks I think are pretty valuable. We can get two good players with them, and unless unless we're trade up to get a specific player, um, I don't really see the point because then you're just throwing darts the same way that you would be further down. So I, you know, in that regard, I think I would be. Um, I'd be against that. Actually, I tell you what, I'll throw, throw this out there to you guys. My preferred option, if we don't want to take two first rounders, I would trade back out and into next year. Yeah, instead. I have no problem with that. That's what I would do. It's not going to be fun for a mock draft, so we'll probably not do that next week. But that's what I would do. I think we've got we've got these 12, 12 picks. You can condense them into six. You can give up one of our firsts and still have six good picks. Um, I think having you... that having that second pick at fifty there means you can do that, and still you've still got a first and two seconds. You know that, especially if you give it to someone like the Falcons or someone the Jets. Shit who's going to give you a high oh, pick yeah, next year. Yeah, give us a top ten pick for that, and I'm all for doing the exact same thing yeah. because I think ne- yeah, I agree. Yeah, next year when the quarterback class is going to be better, you know, people are never going to overdraft them. It's going to push good players further down the draft. You've also got then you can kind of stagger your you know the role of your contracts by another year so you've got you know you've not got everything rolling off in the same you know the same year um I, I just I think I think I'd be in favor of that and that is going to be talk about taking a linebacker that is going to be the single most depressing thing that we can possibly do <laughs> at whatever time in the morning we watch that if we if we trade it back into next year um We'll cross that bridge when it comes, but yeah, I think again, that's that's your boring common sense decision. I, I think is to push that back into next year. But say um, you did something like that. Say, but just like say you did something like that, and you got like a top 
15 pick and then next year's quarterback class is better and then people want to jump ahead of someone to get quarterback all of a sudden you've got even more draft capital like you could go down this road and it just gets better and better and better so it isn't the worst option you never know the opposite but going right back to what dunk said i i'm in total agreement with you duncan don't trade up unless it's like it's kind of i am but i am i'm not so i'm going to explain it i'm all for trading up to about 20 to jump the teams that want the wide receivers but jump those teams for the guy you want if the Chiefs want Chris Olave or they want I don't know, Burks or Drake London is there and they want that guy by all means trade up to 20 ahead of like the Packers and all these teams that, that are wide receiver needy and go and get the guy you want, I would not have a problem with them doing that but I'm I'm with you in the fact don't just trade up to get anybody, and I'm sure they won't. But how how far up are you willing to trade up, Tommy? Twenty twenty one. That that's as far as it goes. Max, because I think you get there with what the third round pick, I believe the one of the third the comp third round pick gets you there. I believe mm-hmm. two twos are first and a third. Yep, that's right. First and a third done. Get rid of one of the picks. I'm more than happy. To get the guy you want at wide receiver, definitely. Yeah, it's worth yeah. it at that stage. And I think that the, I think it's, um, I think it's leading towards us if we if we trade up. I, I, mean, I keep flip flopping, but at the moment, um, if we trade up, it's for a it's for a wide receiver because you look at the way that we structured the contracts of the guys. You know, Juju Smith Schuster's on one year, um, MVS is on one year, is on three years. It's masquerading as a one year. Um, Michael Hardman's up this year. Josh Gordon's on a one-year, you know. So I think that um, I think that the that sort of the number one spot is is there to be taken. And do we have any receiver on contract after this season? At the moment, no, because Hardman's gone as well. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think there's only two edges. I wouldn't I wouldn't be trading up for edge unless someone drops simply because. The only two edges that I think the Chiefs can get in their range at 29-30 are Mafe and Ajabo. And the chances are one of them is going to be there. So I'd just let that ride. Because otherwise you're going to have to trade pretty high to get one of, the, say, the top five guys. And that's just like a major overdraft for, for what I think they, they are. I mean, who am I? But just in my opinion, I think you'd have to trade a lot more to get up there to get someone like that. Whereas I think you could just sit where you are and take a Jarbo or Mathe, whoever falls to you. Um, how do we feel about cornerback? Because that's kind of a, a sparse room at the moment <laughs> with Fenton, Sneed and Baker in it, which doesn't exactly um, doesn't inspire me with a huge amount of confidence. Um, draft one, draft two. I, I know we talk about like having 12 picks and Maybe only ended up with six or seven of them, but we we kind of we need two wide receivers. We need two edge. We probably need two cornerbacks. We could probably <laughs> do with a linebacker, yeah. a safety, a tackle. Kind I think of... there's also there's, there's also guys in free agency that are out there, you know. So, and you wouldn't expect to see anything really happen. I don't think for the Chiefs anyway. Between now and the draft, I think guys like. Um, Gilmore and Clowney. Gilmore, I just read there that Gilmore's going to the Colts, or he's visiting the Colts anyway. 
to, to speak to them. Clowney's another one. His name just has never been mentioned with the Chiefs. I don't, um, don't know what he's that means. Just, he's just not going to happen, according to Nate Tyler's <clears> podcast. <throat> I did. I, I looked at some of the, the sort of Russian names. I'll just look them up now. Um, free agents that are available today. That, you know, it's not. It's, it's far from a lost cause. If you know, as long as you're happy with a, you know, taking a one-year deal. You've got Clowney. You've got um, Jason Pierre-Paul, who has played with Spags before. Um, Carl I would Van not Noy. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy, who I think fits, takes a lot of sort of Brett Beach boxes, you know, someone that's come from a franchise like the Patriots, you know, knows how to win, um, immediately just sort of smartens up your, your you know, your room with experience and leadership. Damakin Sue, you've got Ogan Joby, but he failed a medical, I think, with the Bears or something, I think, so he could be a um, maybe an outsider. Sheldon Richardson, Everson Griffin. You know, there are there are players out there, Carlos Dunlap, there, there are guys out there that if you don't necessarily hit on your sort of top draft picks at edge, you know, that you can come in and, and have a rotational guy to kind of do a job. So I don't I don't think it's a it's a lost cause. Um we were talking about cornerback, I said that's an aside, but cornerback will be will be similar, I think. So Yeah, um, I agree. I think what I would I would do the same that Brett Veach has done in the past and draft down the down the rounds, pick a guy unless someone who you can't pass up comes, you know, falls to you for whatever reason. Um at that point, um take him and then maybe mop something up in free and say if, if you you know if you still feel there's a, a gap in the room. Right, we, yeah. we talked with Kent Swanson last year um about kind of Brett Veach's drafting tendencies and how they approach things. And that we said that they look for pockets of value, I think was the, the term they use. And kind of on our draft board that I think the three of us are all looking at here, we kind of have third round cornerbacks. There's Emerson, there's Cam Taylor Britt, who I seem to pick in pretty much every mock draft, unless the 49ers take us the pick before me at 93. Uh, Zion McCullum, whose uh, athletic charting is off the scale. Like, he is the most athletic cornerback ever tested, or something ridiculous like that. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, there, there seems to be kind of back end of the third round there where we have two picks, and there seems to be kind of like a clump of cornerbacks who could go around there that would be good fits for us. Like, you know, if we double dipped there, I wouldn't be unhappy, I don't think. I think the weird position the Chiefs are in at the moment is you look at the free agents and Gilmore's price is thirteen million apparently, which is one more one less million than we refuse to play Traveris Ward. So I can't see that we're gonna do that unless his price comes down, which of course it could do. And then you've got Bradbury who the whole of the NFL is starving the Giants out because they literally just have to cut him. It's just a matter of time. But he's still going to cost a fair whack. So you almost need to get one of the free agent guys who's going to be expensive and then take a guy like we're talking about here in the second or third round that you can develop along with them. And then I'd feel a lot better about the whole situation if you got, say, a, a draft pick with a free agent. You know, you've got two, you've got two for one and you've filled the position. I feel a lot better than, and then you can go into next year. I just don't think they're going to want to pay. They just re- seem to refuse to pay around that 
anything over 10, 10 million. So it, 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 it is what it is, isn't it? It kind of exposes this weird dichotomy in the NFL as well, because at the moment, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs are well aware of how much wide receivers are getting paid and how much they're valued at the moment. And yet the guys that go up directly against them are just not. No, it feels really, that just feels quite weird to me that there's kind of this. Like, yeah, well, I just yeah, but no, no, Tom was totally right. If we're not going to pay, if we're going to pay a corner fourteen million, then that was Chavez Ward. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a good time. Is this is why I think it's a really really good time to go and get? And I'm going to keep bringing it back. It's a really really good time to go out and get the wide receiver that you want in the draft because then you've got five years of cost control if you get them. In, in the first round because you've got the fifth year option like I'd be very shocked if the Chiefs don't take a first year wide a first round wide receiver because then you've lost the extra year of cost control when if this is just the start for the wide receiver market and you think you look at some of the players that we've all been looking at at the Chiefs trading and not wanting to trade for in, in terms of like DK Metcalf Terry McLaurin because their deals are coming up next year imagine what their deals are going to be next year like, which is why the Chiefs probably aren't doing it, but it's a great time to draft a wide receiver because you're ahead of it then. Yeah, I, I guess what the, what the Chiefs have done as well is they've like the problem was never the problem was never paying Tyreek Hill. They were happy to to pay him mm. to a point, whatever that was going to be, twenty three million or whatever the, the mm. kind of number was. Yeah, so that, so that's that's the level we were going to go to. So it's not as if we were, you know, it's not like Chavez Ward. We were just saying we're not paying that much money for our position. We we're willing to pay him, you know, a shed load of money. And he obviously had his heart set on Miami. But then the, the, the problem we've then got is that if we value Tyreek Hill at 21 million, we certainly don't value Brandon Cooks or, you know, <laughs> any other guy, you know, that money. So why, you know, why would we pay a guy not as good as Tyreek Hill the same amount of money as Tyreek Hill? Which I think, like you say, pushes us right down the draft route because that's where we're going to get guys cheap. And I can totally see us. I think it was Tom Charles in, in the group sort of said, just take a day one or day two receiver every year. Yeah. yeah. Just keep totally rolling agree. them. And, yeah, and you, you, you only have to hit on one in every three or whatever, you know, because you've just got this kind of rolling four-year cast of guys. And then if, if all of a sudden your Chris Jones contract rolls off, you know, when it's, when it's his time up or, you know, Kelsey or, you know, whoever it is, you know, when their contracts eventually roll off, you, you might, you know, you might have the money to, to pay the guy at that point. I, I, I hate the trading of Tyreek Hill in terms of the player. But I think I think a lot of people have come around to this now. I think the Chiefs and Packers are going to end up winning in the long run. I really, really do. And I I just I really hope they just go and get the guy that they want. Like to an extent, obviously you don't go trading it. Like, it's mental. You hear people saying, oh the Chiefs should trade both first round picks to get high up in the draft. They didn't give us two first-round picks for Tyreek Hill. Why would we trade two first-round picks for a rookie wide receiver who hasn't done anything in the NFL yet? I guess there's cost control, but you've got to you've got to have some asset control as well. Like it's cost versus worth. I just I'm all for not paying twenty million. Is there literally anybody anymore that wants the Chiefs to trade for one of these big wide receivers? I don't know. I I, 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 I think the, so the Tyreek Hill trade was it's unbelievable. The Tyreek Hill trade was a business decision. Like at the end of the day, it wasn't about the player; it was about the money. I think, and I, I, I can, I admire Brett Veach for that. In that, 
basically saying, right, this is what we're willing to pay you. If yeah, you want to take that, fantastic. If you want to go somewhere else and earn more money, then we'll get the best deal we can. Mm. And good luck to you. And mm. we're going to have to do that probably over the next couple of years until the salary cap really balloons and Mahomes' contract looks really bargain, even more of a bargain than it's starting to. I mean, we might touch on Derek Carr shortly and um, <laughs> 40 million a year or whatever it is. Um is making Patrick Mahomes' 45 look very, very tidy. I mean, and, and, and Mahomes, it's a, it's a timely point to, to mention him in the kind of wide receiver debate because he's probably someone that's not maybe mentioned as much as he should be when we're talking about these wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not going to go down the sort of Messiah route where, you know, Mahomes can do anything with anyone because that's not true, right? Yep. We've seen that with the Chiefs. But you have to trust Andy Reid, BNMA, um, we've got Matt Nagy back, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, we've the, the brains trust there is pretty damn brainy. You know, and you, you kind of have to, to trust that, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be one of the really well-rounded guys. I know, I've, you know, we've, we've all said, you know, we, we like the guys at the top of the, the, the top of the board, but I don't think it has to be one of these guys, you know. Um, you, you have to trust that Mahomes can... Holmes and Reed can 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 bring you know something like these other guys. I look at other guys that were talking about, you know, trading for that you know over the last weeks. DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel. Not one of them is a first round pick. Yeah. You know, no one's gone mental to get them in the first round. You know, there's there's value to be had and really good players to be found outside of that. And you're right, the what's what's our first second round pick? So fifty. Fifty, yeah. It could be. It could be that maybe that's the pick we move up from. Yep. To get someone. I, I read someone saying the other day that that they saw the value of trading up in the second round much greater than the value of trading up in the first round, and I, and I could see a lot of that because like when you're mucking around with mock drafts, you kind of go in somewhere around the late forties. And kind of got, oh, there's a few players here I'd like. And then they're gone by the time you're picking at 50 and 62. Whereas if you used kind of, uh, I know that, I mean, we've got a fourth and a sixth next year from Miami. You could chuck them into a deal. We've got a another third round compensatory pick coming next year for the Ryan Poles going to the Bears. So we've got an, an extra third, fourth, and sixth already next season. Um, and I think we get a seventh round comp for one of the free agents. So already mm. we're looking at 11 picks for next year. Use some of them, like chuck them into a deal and use that move up. up in the second. We did a mock draft after day one. So during the day before the second day, Neil, we did it on Facebook, yeah. I think. And I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and look and I'm like, I'm pretty sure exactly what you're saying has happened. We had two second round picks and we were going, I'd like him, I'd like him, I'd like him. And then like three of the guys we mentioned gone in like the first, like, I don't know, seven, eight picks. Yeah. Because everyone's probably thinking the exact same. And then they're gone and you're like, ah, okay. It's just the way it is. That day too gives you time to reassess like after the first round and go, okay, right. Who, who slipped out of the first? You know, you, you're a pick at 50. If you put the fourth rounder at 135 to 50, 
maybe you get up to 40 then and you know you might get into the range of picking up i don't know george pickens slips down into the kind of late 30s early 40s he could be the wide receiver you like okay fine go go and do that trade and go up and get him that's where i think we're going to use our draft picks this year is kind of targeting players and you know when the if they drop enough go and get them at that stage the thing is with everyone like you said earlier some people got no quarterbacks some people have got four quarterbacks going any quarterback that goes in this draft before the Chiefs pick is such a bonus in this year's draft because if they go it pushes like a really really good player down the board and if you get three gone three quarterbacks gone you've all of a sudden feel really good about where you are and you might need not need to trade up and then like you say you've got all this capital which everybody thinks that we're not we're not going to pick 12 players and then like you say you could see yourself trading up in the second round twice who knows I, t- I tell you what the problem for uh, is going to be for Chiefs on certainly day one. The problem is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. They're 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 yeah, they're, the, they're the big problem because they've now, you know, they've got the um, Jamal. Uh, uh, the, what's, what's he called? Devontae Adams. They've got the Devontae Adams picks. They're just sitting slightly ahead of us. And they've, they've got, got the same needs. All the same needs as us yeah. as well. Um, if not, perhaps they might need to tackle a little bit more than we do. Um, but yeah, they are going to be, I think they're going to be the bane of our draft this year. Mm-hmm. Great. And they're going to be sitting in all the positions that we're going to want to trade in. They're not going to want to trade with us. So tell you they're the good going to want the players it. that we do. To say the only good thing about that, though, the Chiefs almost sit in the driving position a little bit. Because if you look at the Green Bay Packers and you know what they're going to do, the Packers aren't going to jump a pick they're going to go, okay, we need to move up one pick or two picks just in case the Chiefs jump us. We can jump the Packers knowing where they're going to be. Like, it at least gives us that advantage where you could imagine being the Packers and it's like, oh, shit, here comes, like, the 21st pick. And you're, like, waiting for it to carry, like, are the Chiefs going to jump us here? Are they going to jump us here? Are they going to jump... At least we're in a position where we kind of know, so hopefully we could jump them if we needed to and just pay whatever it cost if it was to get our guy of course yeah um okay have we got anything else Derek Carr I suppose I'll tell you what word with the draft why I've got one Go on. one thing what, here's my I said in our, in our whatsapp group and I don't want to hear so that the internet and the world can know now here's my take that, the, that, that no one's talking about for the Chiefs I think we're going to take a tackle in the first two days. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think that I think that right tackle is a sneaky, very important need. Because you had us taking one in the first round, didn't you? Yeah, but well, I think that again, I would riot if they took a tackle well, in the first round. But but why? Because we we don't have a right tackle. Yeah. We don't have a right tackle. Look at we don't we don't have a right tackle. Yeah, and listen, I I really like Andrew Wiley. Wiley has never once let us down ever. You can't, you know. And I'm not saying I want to replace him. If he, if we think that he is the starter, then fine, go with that. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I think because he's never really let us down. Um, Lucas Niang, I don't know. Um, it would have been good to get to have a whole season of him just to see is that what he could do. Yeah. Um, I think the jury's probably still out on him and you know if there's obviously fitness concerns as well 
doesn't he doesn't look like a guy that carries his size very comfortably to me. Um, and that could that could lead to, to injuries. But I just think that if if we trust the process and it gets to the point where we can go, you know, we can go best player available and your right tackle of the future lands in your lap, I think that Brett Feach will take him and I would take him as I, well. What- when I first saw you, you message that I was like, "What the fuck is he on about?" Like, but the more I thought about it, the more I could see the sense of it. In that, Mahomes is your star asset, and you need to do what you can do to keep him upright and keep him unpressured, and let him do what he does yep. with a relatively sparseish receiving room. If that means taking the right tackle in the first round, you have got one hell. Of an offensive line there now. Yep. And by no means am I saying chase one at the at the, yeah. you know, at the risk of other but, positions. Yeah, but if, if, yeah, if you've got a, if you've got a day one starting right tackle that lands there, uh, not even day one, you know whether it's day two as well, I would take him. And that would be I, that would be Brett Veach going fully out. Uh, don't get me wrong, I am not, I'm not fully against it. If it happened in the first round, I think I'd be legit fuming. If they did it in the second round, I'd kind of get it. Um, but that would be Brett Veach almost admitting the Ang is a bust. But yeah, he was like a six-round yeah. like six pick anyway, though. Was the it, was third, was, right. Third, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, if you get a starter, who's who's moaning? Like, if you get a starter, it's not, it's not a bad thing. I just... And I'm probably totally wrong because they don't draft like this. But I just think there's higher positions of need. But like you say, mm. don't get a guy that can play. If he can start, then it's a win, isn't it? So yeah. I'm not I'm not fully out on it. There's just things I'd prefer to see happen. <laughs> the first four picks need to be four starters. And I, I'm not yeah. overly worried about what positions they are. Is There's that, enough positions for them to be, yeah. Apart from long slapper. Long slapper, maybe. Long slapper. Yeah. It's like you say, any combination of... Any combination... Like, if you get if you get a starting cornerback in this draft, it's an absolute win. If you get a starting wide receiver, it's a win. Edge, win. Like you said, tackles a win. All of these things... That it, as long as they're starters and they can contribute, that's that's what we need. And, the, and to be able to get that is wild. And that's what, 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 what we want is a wide receiver or an edge who, in four or five years' time, when the contract comes up, we can't afford. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we want. And it sounds, it sounds weird, but that's that's exactly what we want because that shows that we, you know, shows that, that that's worked out. Totally agree. Uh, I can agree more with that, yeah. And then you pick although, up your although, although, someone pays him twenty-five million a year for whatever, and then you go through it all again. Fine. I mean, turn if a if your first round pick in five years' time turns into two Super Bowls and a third round comp pick, I am thank okay with that. Much. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. I'm okay with that. Totally agree. Although it would hurt at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so be it. Yeah. You'll get it. You'll get over that hurt. Don't worry. I don't think I will. <laughs> ah, you will. Um, anything else we want to talk about? 
Nah, let's shit on Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> I, I, I said to you guys before I started recording, I don't think that's the worst deal in the world because the Raiders are kind of... What, what are their better options than Derek Carr? They don't have any. So nah. you've, you've just got to go along with it for now. And what are they going to do? They, can't, they have no first-round draft pick. They have no second-round draft pick. So I'm not going to draft a quarterback. It's a crappy draft for drafting one anyway. Like, so... Should I tell you what the Raiders have done, though, that I find quite funny, is the Devontae Adams trade has obviously made them better. But apart from that, they don't seem to be able... They don't look like they're going to be able to improve themselves because they've got no draft picks. So what they're going to be is a very average team next year that lands them just out of reach of a quarterback, which I guess they're not going to take anyway now. But they're going to find it really hard to not be a a middling team Mm. now. Because they're not going to be bad enough to get someone that can change a franchise. And they're not going to be good enough to do anything at all. Yeah, I agree. No, you're right. It's um, Quarterback's a really weird position in that competency is highly overvalued and then overpaid. And this is to, to me, this is maybe a reach, but like this is just another thing, an example of how Patrick Mahomes has changed everything. He's come in and he's paid, you know, whatever it averages out, $45 million a year, you know, and he's completely raised the ceiling of kind of what a quarterback can, can be expected to do, you know, at the start of their career. And everyone else is then judged on that. So guys who are probably, Baker Mayfield, for example, right? Guys who are probably reasonable level starters are considered busts because they haven't got to the where Mahomes has, even though he's like a 1% of the 1% of the 1%, even in the NFL terms, let alone, you know, normal mere mortals. So that means that when you've got a guy like Derek Carr, like Philip Rivers, say, somebody like that, who has you competitive, he's above average, Derek Carr's what? Derek Carr's in like a bit of a pantomime figure, right? It's easy for us to laugh at him and sort of slag him off, but he's a decent quarterback. He's probably... (laughs) What twelve top twelve ish? Top fifteen. Yeah, he's he's a top half quarterback, right? And on, on his, his his best game, you know, can can well we've seen what his what their you know what their best game could do, right? So you know they can be dangerous if they want to. But what I don't understand about the quarterback position is they then get, he then gets paid based on what the guy who's, who's like on a sliding scale if he's t- if he's the twelfth best he gets paid relative to what the eleventh best guy is not how good he is, which is insane. But that's just an example. Patrick Mahomes has pulled the money for all the quarterbacks right up. Other teams and other players are going to want to get paid sort of according to that. And if Derek Carr is getting 35 million a year, there is nothing, nothing, not one thing that the Raiders can do with that $10 million to bring them up to Patrick Mahomes' level. They're still the fourth best team in the division, no matter what they pay Derek Carr. Yeah. And you're right, it probably is a decent deal. But I think it's also a deal. Like it's, it's, it's a decent deal for them. I agree with you both. But, but it's Derek Carr's still caught back. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's also a deal that, that ties you to the fringes of true competitiveness, mm. but keeps you, keeps you away from mediocrity. Yeah. This is going to be really weird because it is a situation where, yes, he could, but it's highly unlikely. I mean, Joe Flacco, right? But 
they've just paid a guy like 30 million who, who can't win them the Super Bowl. Because, say they make the playoffs, who are the quarterbacks that he's going to come up against, right? Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Josh, uh, Herbert, Burrow. Lamar Jackson, like Russell Wilson, maybe. Like, who's he going to beat there? If he beats yeah. one, he's not beating two. If he beats two of them, he's not beating third. I refuse to believe that Derek Carr can play at that level where he beats no. beats three or four, three, three AFC quarterbacks on the way to a Super Bowl. No. So they've just paid okay. him quite an extraordinary amount of money to not win them the Super Bowl. But what were their options? Like, well, not pay him and be bad? Drew Luck? You end up in Denver's situation where you have someone like Drew uh, Luck and... Yeah. Well, uh, the, the alternative is to try to harness what the Niners have done, uh, and and somehow leverage average quarterback play against a quite sort of unique and nasty defense, mm. and sort of ride the coattails of that. The problem, the problem with that is it gets you to the hump, but not over the hump, because like we saw in our Super Bowl, you know, when it comes to the one throw that that. That he needs to make, he overthrows his receiver. Mm. You know he can't do it. So, um, you know him, Jared Goff. It's kind of showing that you, you know, you, you can get a, you can get an average quarterback to the Super Bowl. It just needs a lot of stuff to fall in your, to fall in your, yeah. to fall in your lap. I don't. I'm not saying by any means that the Raiders shouldn't have done it, or there's a better option on the table. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I agree like, with what you're saying. Really? They themselves right. to, to some level of mediocrity, but it's better yeah. than irrelevance. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. And that's, but where, then, that's where you have to give kudos. No, sorry, when you go. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether as a fan I'd rather be like the 14th best team in the NFL or be full on shit for a year draft like the number that like a, a quarterback at I don't know number two number three because you because the, the year you get the number one pick the draft's crap so you've got to yeah no, I know I, you just stuck at you just stuck at average so yeah. he's not going to beat three of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in his division so kind of like as a Raiders fan I'd just be like I'd just yeah. want to try something else but that's that's me the, the problem was when they gave all that up to get Adams, they had no leverage. So I, actually, what, what the alternative is, is to go down the Chiefs kind of Ravens route and don't wait till you're shit to get your quarterback. Yeah. Get, get, your, get your quarterback yeah. while you're on the way up. I guess the Niners have tried that a little bit as well this year. Um, you know, yeah, d- kind of do it that way. And okay. yes, you're, yes, you're mortgaging your future to an extent, on getting the right guy. But that's what I would do. If you've got enough of the pieces in to kind of have the bedrock there, then take your flyer, shoot your shot. Um, you never know. Okay, so example. It's 53-man roster, right? Yeah. Right, I'm going to give you the same 52 players. Who are you taking? Your options are you can have uh, Russell Wilson or you can have Devontae Adams. I'm taking Russell Wilson because you always go for the quarterback. Exactly. So, why didn't the Raiders, instead of getting Devontae Adams, go and get the quarterback? Because there's a finite number of quarterbacks out there. 
Yeah, but they could have got. You know, we, we've, got, said, we've said we've um, said. They're playing Vegas, top, surely they can attract Kyle's a top fifteen quarterback. So by that rationale, there's only fourteen possible upgrades on him, of which probably at least ten of them aren't going to be available. I think there was I, for me there was always an aspect. I said this for a couple of years that I think the Raiders want a superstar to kind of hang the kind of you know to start the Vegas era off with a little bit and I think I agree um I guess the first year was a was a game because of the because the lockouts or um uh what are they called lockdown I can't even say the words yeah, anymore lockdown, uh, so. those things yeah, that are hopefully in our past um you know because because of them and then last season they showed actually oh we might be quite good here you know we we, we just might be competitive you know whether they stumbled into the playoffs or not but you know, and I guess Devontae Adams is, is a bona fide star. Um, so I think there was always an aspect where they kind of wanted one guy to do that. And whatever, whatever you say, um, <laughs> Derek Carr's not that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually, um, I don't hate that. I, I don't hate him uh, at all. But I just, but he's just, he's, he's, like- he's, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not the guy. If you know what I mean, like he doesn't. I know, have, but again, that goes back to there's have... only a finite number of the guys out there, and they're all playing for your rivals already, who aren't going to give them to you. So then, what what do you do? You're screwed. He's like, he's like the uber religious guy in Sin City, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it just it just doesn't fit. He is yeah. though. He's like, yeah, he just doesn't fit. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. God love him. But three more years. Three more years. Right then, let, let's wind up there because we've got three minutes left of our second Zoom call here. Um, Perfectly and I've got to figure out how to stop recording. Um, okay, guys, thanks for your time as always. Duncan, appreciated. Tomo, thank you. Um, we'll be back next week with our live mock draft. Um, Probably Wednesday, I think, was what we're looking at. Um, so hopefully uh, that will go well for us and uh, everyone will be happy with what we've picked, which I very much doubt because no one ever is. Um, okay, so we'll say goodbye for now. And from one kingdom to another, thanks for listening.